There's no skill involved in directing. I agree. But it's like, it's basically... It's <laughs> basically Fuck off, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny! Expensive. Wanna Whatever! Be happy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Damn, it feels good to be a gamer. And Jim. In this episode, Doug chokes a demon until it sucks him off. Now, normally, this is where we would say that in all episodes after the first, Doug the was, first separated was separated into two 12-minute shorts. But... In this case, we have a special double-length episode. Episode 43, part both, is called Doug's Halloween Adventure. That's right. It's the day after summer. It's Halloween. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, in this one, Doug communes with a demon. Yeah, Doug oh, yeah. has very interesting contact with a lot of people in this episode. This episode, we were talking when we were warming up and getting ready to get into this. This episode feels like very interesting for a lot of reasons. Both, First of all, obviously, because it's double length, right? Yeah. And we know that Doug episodes nothing happens in them so how are they going to do that for two times the length right oh well they figured it out (laughs) they do split it up into two acts like you can actually physically feel the moment where okay this is where doug episode one ends and doug episode two starts right there's pre-funky town and post-funky town (laughs) and i mean yeah like there is a very clear like here's where the commercial break happens between the two parts also also why didn't this episode come before the one where they went to funky town yeah oh yeah this one sort of explains what funky town is instead of it being (laughs) the fucking like closer of an otherwise like bizarre episode yeah Yeah. if this episode had come before doug's job thing then yes this would have actually made some sense though i think the part of this episode i found most fascinating is they whiff the moral and the global (laughs) context harder than anyone has ever whiffed a moral before Uh uh-huh this is it's they wind up the entire fucking episode they are winding up to hit (laughs) a moral and then at the conclusion they suddenly somehow burrow 20 feet underground (laughs) and hit themselves in the nuts and knock themselves into outer space it's phenomenal it is astonishing how hard they miss the point yeah Doug becomes the the specter from DC Comics at the end of this, and his message is to not do pranks on Halloween. I don't know, man. This by this doing is... pranks on Halloween, Mike. Correct. You. Yeah, this episode is so fucking weird. We we were also talking about this on during the warm up, and Mike and I, probably Jim too, we all probably agree that this was them one of their episodes that they were pitching to ABC. Right. I'm not sure I follow you on that one, but I look forward to being they brought on the They go to the, the haunted mansion. <laughs> it's fucking You know, yeah. the yeah. ride that's in every Disney park. Yeah. It's like, it's it's literally taking place at Disney World and it's fucking Scooby-Doo as hell. And like, this is what you would pitch to a Disney network. And yeah, it's half an and, hour. Yeah, and it becomes a 22-minute show as right. we're mm. in like... 
six months we're going to be painfully aware oh, of. God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find months. the transition to 22-minute episode that agonizing. Says you. Reason. I have to write down what happens. <laughs> yeah, that would explain it. Hey, I had to write down a whole episode of the Big Bang Theory. And by had to, I mean I made myself do Yes, it. yes. Oh. I have... Should I get into my... To our over, we should get into our overarching plot, like ideas for what season four so? is. Okay, my my idea for what season four is that somewhere around season three, Doug got knocked in the head, and he's in a coma, and that's all of season four. I thought you said that was like all of Doug at one point. Did I? Yeah, <laughs> you said this theory a couple of times. Well, I don't have any evidence or proof, so. <laughs> This is just, I had this thought, it came to me, like, crystal clear in my head, and I was just like, I cannot burden this with facts or evidence. I feel like this happens a lot to you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as far as evidence goes, this episode is right on up there. This this episode is explicitly supernatural. Yes. uh This episode is not only explicitly supernatural, this episode is extremely weird supernatural this episode is okay demons exist but sometimes they're on your side and are employed to run theme parks good thing this demon only wants to bully 13 year olds (laughs) i think if we're talking like full overarching theories here i think the full overarching theory for me is that season four is where they like know they're wrapping up and so they're doing a bunch of like hey you remember this hey you remember that you remember this callback and they're like we've talked about how they do callbacks and then retcon on them immediately but like mm-hmm. I, I think that they're like trying to make a, a, a wrapped up universe and that's done in this because they like they do callbacks to a bunch of things in this episode right? they finally give us the origins of Funky Town sort of <laughs> <laughs> At Look, least one of the rides that only exists during Halloween. Yes. In, <laughs> a, in a theme park that ha- for a city that has 20,000 people. We need to jump into this because holy shit, there is so much shit. No, I have it in my notes. This is going to be a two hour episode. Oh, so God. The fuck up. Shit. Well, so it begins with Skeeter telling a spooky story to Doug. He's like putting a flashlight under his face as they both sit on his bed, and Skeeter tells the story. It all started a long time ago when the powerful Baron von Heckelhofer fell in love with a beautiful maiden. To win her love, he built a gigantic mansion. It took him 17 long years, but he did it. And they're dressed in, like, Victorian uh, outfits and, like, gothic architecture. So we assume this is in, like, you know, Victorian England or something, right? Like, Except this for takes it's place, in London. Yeah, this takes place during the game Victoria 2 by <laughs> Of course. This also takes place somewhere in, like, the outskirts of Richmond, Virginia, which is odd. But okay, whatever, we'll roll with it. So I don't know about that because they say like okay they talk about in this story that like oh no he he built this house but then oh no he forgot to build a floor and so they they, when they first walked into it everyone fell to their deaths and now it's haunted right seems like a big oversight it's a little bit yeah yeah. (laughs) but like look they say for years nobody bought the house that is no one living until one day A scary hooded guy whose face nobody ever saw 
decided to put the house to better use. <laughs> In Funky Town! But so, okay, did they build Funky Town around this castle, or did they move the castle into Funky Town? I don't I believe know. the Funky Town arose outside it as a kind of arcane uh, containment zone for its evil. Joy is the only thing that is known to counteract such transcendent despair. Oh. And it also it serves, a cat of, it serves as sort of an astral camouflage. I think it comes from Doug's brain damage as he sleeps <laughs> silently in a coma. But like, okay, so does does Funky has Funky Town existed before Halloween? Because if it has, then this castle has just been looming in the distance, right? Uh-huh. And if it hasn't, then this is also the grand opening of Funky Town. Or in my restless dreams, I see that amusement <laughs> park attraction. Or they fucking airlifted this castle into a Funky Town, right? Foul, they already did that. That's uh, in uh, Gargoyles. That's the main plot of Gargoyles. <laughs> I do not accept this. Banned. Chronologically, I can't tell whether this happens before or after the union busting episode, <laughs> but in terms of episode order, this one should have absolutely happened before the union busting episode. Sure, yes. absolutely. In terms of both canonizing Funky Town and also explaining so that. You, yeah, you okay. know what the fuck Funky Town is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because this one sets up pretty well of saying that Funky Town is an amusement park, right? And like has apparently this haunted mansion that has existed since Victorian times, right? That they airlifted to an amusement park outside of Virginia from and England, is haunted by a demon that has been there forever, but just no one wanted to go near it. Sure, and he operates a fun ride. Yes, everybody can enjoy. Uh-huh. And he's the only one who works here. Anyway. And he lives in an Egyptian coffin. <laughs> well, Skeeter says that they gotta go through it, because it is the grand opening tonight on Halloween, and you get free entry to Funky Town if you come in costume and also bring a coupon from a magazine. Isn't Halloween, like, a little late to go to an amusement park? Like, shit's getting cold. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the amusement parks have, like, Halloween specials, right? Bush Gardens, Halloween, and all that shit. Maybe this is in the Southern Hemisphere, and it's <laughs> it's spring instead of fall. And that's why Doug says that Halloween has always been his favorite holiday in this. Yeah, because it has nice weather. Yeah. <laughs> and, also, and also... No further questions. <laughs> like, I feel like Doug has said other things are his favorite holiday, right? Or, I what? don't know. Other holidays have existed. Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's this is the first holiday that's we ever happened. This is the only episode, holiday. Right? The only holiday in Bluffington is Halloween. Well, that's not. We true. also haven't had a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, this is the first time we've had holiday episode. This is the first holiday episode. And later in this season, the other two two times length episode is the Christmas episode. So maybe holidays take place in a special temporal zone. Who knows? Yeah, Christmas <laughs> happens once every ten years. Right. Of and it, happen- it only sense. happens when your dog bites someone. And it only happens as in the we'll hyper- soon find out. And it only happens in the hyperbolic time chamber. Correct. Yes. Okay, fair. No further questions. <laughs> well, Doug has decided that he's going to go dressed as Race Canyon. And apparently, just like Smash Adams, this is a real person. This is like a real character. Right? Yeah. 
This is a movie character who um, Doug is going to impersonate in order to choke out a demon. Which, it makes me sad, right? Because he used to have a bunch of original characters. He used to have, like, Jack Bandit. Yeah, he used to have Jack Bandit. He used to have Quail Man. And now, like... Isn't Jack Bandit just race cannon? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jack Bandit has... Jack Bandit has a, a fun mustache and a cape instead of a leather jacket. But he still has the hat. Right. I don't know. Like, but they're more or less the same character, which is probably why uh, they they replaced Jack Bandit entirely. Wait a minute. Oh, shit. I'm thinking about it. OK, so they introduce Jack uh, uh, Race Canyon here. Who owns Indiana Jones? Like, what is the company that owns the rights to Indiana Lucasfilm. Jones? Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, which was acquired by Disney. OK, so this 12. So this is all like the long con. Again, we're seeing Doug predict the future of we both are selling to Disney. Lucas will own both of them. And now then the grand crossover will happen where Indiana Jones himself meets Doug. Right. And it's the worst one yet. <laughs> I have to imagine just Harrison Ford, age like 80, taking a look at the like eight-year-old playing Doug <laughs> and being like, yeah. Oh, no. You're a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Where's my fucking paycheck? I don't know how many Zoomer listeners that we have, but in the before times, uh, Disney was not the big-ass corporation that owned everything in the 1990s. So trying to market your product to Disney in the 1990s was a pathetic-ass move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, it is important to recognize that Disney was very much... Like, it had its golden age insofar as they were kind of on top of kids' entertainment for, like, the first half of the 90s. And then it fucking fell through the floor yeah like the late 90s early 2000s disney was absolutely on the rocks they made a bunch of awful fucking bets and were they bought doug (laughs) yes (laughs) oh no we forgot that is how fucked they were that wasn't the worst decision they made but it was fucking competitive oh no we forgot to build a floor in this mansion (laughs) oh dang oh man well, so and then Johnny Depp, noted person who never did anything wrong at all, please don't look up any allegations. <laughs> oh my God. Proceeded to save their ass with Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, so Doug, he, he he imagines Race Canyon, not Doug, but he imagines Race Canyon himself climbing up the side of a cliff. Even though there is a road to the castle at the top, he has decided to take the cliff. He's got to get his uh, exercise. In. Yeah, exactly. And then he just starts whipping gargoyles. And now the house, when he reaches the top, it turns into a hooded warlock who, like, yells at Race Canyon. And then Doug strangles him with a whip and throws him off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah. What's the matter, big boy? You look whipped. Nice work, Doug. No problem, Dr. Canyon. Oh, and uh, nice outfit. Why, thanks. Which which is funny to me, right? Because Doug imagines himself as Ray's Canyon, but in this fantasy, Ray's Canyon himself calls him Doug. He's cosplaying as the character that sits in front of him. Uh It's like like cosplaying as a politician in front of a politician. (laughs) And they say, nice outfit, dude. 
Right. <gasps> I am I am currently dressed as Bernie Sanders. I will not be doing the accent. <laughs> Good. Briefly imagine the kind of person who goes to a Disney park to hit on the actors portraying a given Disney character. Oh, oh that's yeah. every that's every person that visits Disney parks more than once a year. God. <laughs> Why else would you go? <laughs> just imagining the lives of those people just being like, okay, here's the good news. You can probably get laid anytime you want to. Here's the bad news. The people who are wanting to do that are weird. Hope you like really bad dick. <laughs> yep. Oh <my> God. <laughs> well, uh, Doug is like, he, he's, he's, he slides down the, the banister to the stairs and then he just starts whipping the wall with a jump rope while Judy watches a commercial for Smash-O skateboards. The fucking, it's the same commercial. The dogs love them too commercial. They're doing callbacks again for no payoff. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, at least they're like continuing the world building. Sort of. So I'm so broken. Exactly. <laughs> Every bit of world building we see is in the corners and doesn't matter. <laughs> And they don't even play it up for like gags. I remember like the, the we were overjoyed like <laughs> looking at Chalky's planner because yeah. it had a couple of jokes in it instead yeah. of just being gibberish. This one is just remember the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what people want. But uh yeah, Judy, I love that shit. <laughs> but Judy is surprised and scared that Doug says that he's going to Bloodstone Manor tonight. Uh, because it's apparently so super scary. Because and there's a commercial playing for it on TV right now saying, "So you think you're brave, do you? Find out tonight at Funky Town when Bloodstone Manor opens its doors to give you the scare of your life or death." Is this on Halloween or does a day pass? This is on Halloween. This is the same day. Okay. Yeah, it's all gotcha. Halloween. So this 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 commercial that's playing right now is playing like four hours before the park closes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, a, a Halloween park closing at ten p.m. is garbage. Yeah, it's incredible. Fuck it off. Doesn't make any sense. But and then it, this throws Doug back into the Race Canyon fantasy where now Doug is getting thrown off the cliff and Race Canyon doesn't give a shit that this cosplayer uh. this cosplayer is getting chucked off a cliff next to him and Race Canyon doesn't say, Oh no, or like, oh grab <laughs> onto me. He doesn't give a fuck. It's like, thank God that weirdo that looks like me. <laughs> yeah. Now I can make out with this demon. Finally. <laughs> it's what we all want out of this life. Also, let me make this joke once and once only. <laughs> okay. Race War Canyon. Oh, Thank my you. God. <laughs> well, Very Doug is, shows up to Skeeter's place for trick-or-treating, and Skeeter is pissed. He's like, I thought we were going to, to the scary place. And Doug also is mad here. He's like almost like... I don't know, he's, like, manipulating Skeeter. Like, you can see that Doug has, like, an angry face on, and he's like, you're not going to pass up free candy, are you, you idiot? Yes. <laughs> I I have parents that buy me candy. God. Also, Skeeter is dressed up like a spaceship, and later we find out that it's the spaceship from the Space Monks video game. It's a condom, actually. Why do you say that? It's shiny. Why does Sam ever say something is a Compton? Good point. (laughs) Well, they... And it pops. Of of course. (laughs) It's like every condom I've ever used. It is defective. (laughs) 
Uh, because Skeeter's costume does explode at the press of a button. It can turn into a blown-up spaceship. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they they start going around the block, uh, even though Skeeter is saying that there will be huge lines if they don't go to the theme park early. But so it's all just, like, kids going around trick-or-treating like it's actual babies, but they don't take Dale... Because they hate Dale. Because Dale's probably trick-or-treating with the cool babies. No, yes. Dale would fucking bully Doug into going back home. Dale would bully Doug into going to the haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> Dale's already made a pact with uh, our good friend, the warlock. Right. Dale's probably already at Funky Town. He's just, like, in line. <laughs> Dale is pissing inside the cart that you ride in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to show his dominance. Exactly. Uh, and there are a bunch of teens that are like throwing toilet paper at nothing. Remember this because it inexplicably comes back at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This part is kind of interesting insofar as, okay, you're talking about the awkward stage of a preteen's life where, okay, you're a little bit too old to be uh, collecting candy and a little bit too young to be roaming around town doing G-rated mischief. So what the fuck do you do? Right. Well, Doug and Skeeter decide to go to Connie's house. Like, I guess I guess they forget that this is Connie's house because they ring the doorbell and they're like, oh, we're not trick-or-treating. We're getting candy for Dale because he loves candy. And he's bullying us. <laughs> Connie, why are you staying at home to hand out candy? Yeah, I think that that's super sad because later uh, Patty is going to a party for Miss Mimi, the the ballet director, and Connie is also in ballet. So she's not invited. (laughs) Yep. So sad. (sighs) But like, okay, so... So they, they, they say they're like, oh, well, all right, bye. We're not actually getting candy. Even though Doug says they've been around the neighborhood twice at this point, so they've probably gone to Connie's house twice. Yeah, it's the third time that they've rung her doorbell. And forgotten that she's there. Uh-huh. God Doug damn. does not have a functional short-term memory. And we know that, or long-term, we know that to be true. <laughs> Doug's sort of like a dog. Oh, yeah. Well, Porkchop, wait, is Porkchop in this episode? He's not. Mm, he is not. What's he, is he, is he in the, is he in the hospital for eating too much chocolate because he's Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's trick-or-treating dressed up as Doug. <laughs> he's in a Doug suit. No, no, he's dressed up in those patty clothes from the other episode. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, make out, Doug? Bark, bark. He's just, he's just I out. trick-or-treat like the popular people. <laughs> he's out trick-or-treating and smooching all the people giving him candy. God... Well, <laughs> they're walking around, and they're like, oh, man, we got to get to Funky Town. It's already 8 o'clock, and it closes at 10. And Doug is, like, trying to figure out how they can stall more. And this is when Roger walks up to them. And Roger is just going, Ooh, who chopped off my head? Ooh, who chopped off my head? Ooh. It is incredibly lame and is treated as being incredibly lame. So he has his jacket 
up on top of his head, right? And we can see, we see him from the back, and it looks sure okay. If you're an idiot, you can see that he's he, he, okay. You can only see the back of his jacket, right? I don't know. He looked headless to me. <laughs> That's because we see him from the back, right? But. Doug and Skeeter are smiling as they look at him because when we go to the front of Roger's face, we see that the jacket is not zipped up. So you can see his face poking out of the jacket as he yells, who chopped off my head? It's phenomenal if you can see it. If you like face yourself from, from Roger's front, you see that his face is visible this entire time. It's amazing. This is this is further practice for the Disney episodes as far as like the two episode Disney episodes I've watched. Just like awful visual Just gags. Competence. <laughs> Do nothing. Yeah, no payoff, and just sucks ass. I I loved it. I was laughing a lot at Roger saying, who chopped off my head while his head is clearly visible. I was laughing a ton. Got him. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Roger, you, you doing all right there, Roger? You I need to talk to somebody. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And... He says to Doug and Skeeter, he's like, what are you, a hobo in a bathtub? Good one. Good one, Got dude. Got it. Nailed it. No, I'm a condom. <laughs> no, I'm Jack Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> Sneeringly says one and uh. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... Doug is embarrassed when Skeeter tries to tell Roger that Doug is Race Canyon because he doesn't think that he's worthy of being Race Canyon, I guess. Like, I don't know why he'd be embarrassed. Whatever. Like, I don't know why he'd be embarrassed here. This is utterly fucking inexplicable, but I also don't care. Yeah, me either. Dressing up as something is for babies. Of, of course, unless you're going to a Disney theme park, then it's cool. Right. Then it is very... Unless you're trying to get dicked down by Gaston, in which (laughs) case, get on it. Unless, well, we talked about one time where the three of us would go to Disney Park dressed as Doug. Each of the three of us, yes. I'm going to Disney bound as one of the girls at Gaston Rails. (laughs) Oh my god. Good. Don't don't Google any of the words I just said. Thank you. <laughs> I don't worry, I won't. <laughs> this asterisk has appeared under every word Sam has ever said on this podcast. Uh-huh. That's right. Well, uh, the goons, duh, uh, Roger and his goons are saying that. Hey, Raj, let's see how brave Race Chicken is. Uh, yeah, he can be the first one to TP Mr. Bone's house. <laughs> Come on, Race, let's see you in action. Mr. Bones is in a different fucking house now. He is. He's yep. not in his Dracula house. <laughs> you know, the actual haunted mansion that they had? Uh-huh. <laughs> the one that they'd have the yodeling cabal society meetings in? Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> maybe he just gave that house to Fentruck. Oh, maybe. Maybe Fentruck, like, mind-controlled him and took him. And that's why you haven't there. seen Fentruck since and won't see him ever again. I think he comes back in this season later, actually. <laughs> We've already seen um the the lady Loretta Agastone. Yeah, Loretta. Yeah. We've already seen her, but not Fantruck. Yeah. Well, also in this, so when they're saying you should TP Mr. Bone's house, Mr. Bone is standing outside of his house giving people candy, and they're like in front of his door, and they're like, go TP his house, idiot. 
<laughs> like this is a weird little corner that goes fucking nowhere like doug says no and then they make chicken noises for i swear to god a solid minute no 20 I th- minutes i yes. think i think this part is actually very important because doug he thinks about doing it and then he doesn't do it and then he thinks to himself who was i kidding how was i gonna cross the threshold of death when I didn't even have the nerve to TP a house. So in his mind, TPing the house, it wasn't, he didn't do it because he thought it was wrong. He didn't do it because he was scared, right? So in his mm-hmm. mind, TPing a house is an act of like righteous courage, not an act of I'm doing the right thing by not doing it, right? I think this is very important right here. Well, like I said earlier, it inexplicably comes back later as Roger's gravest sin. Yeah, but my point here is that it wouldn't be Doug's huge sin. It's just that he's scared to do it, right? Uh Uh-huh, that's right. Fear is Doug's crime. It's also the single defining attribute of him as a character, so... Right. And so, like, I I don't know. I think that this this is, like lore defining in terms of like what doug thinks is right and wrong and what doug thinks is uh uh, courageous and cowardly right but fortunately we get saved by this because the funky town shuttle shows up there's a shuttle to funky town and let me repeat twenty thousand people Uh uh-huh and there's there's a fucking shuttle that goes to no train (laughs) and there's a shuttle that goes to beats concerts too and this is a different shuttle it's not like it's one thing that goes to town events free yeah i think it's free which is more progressive than my city But yeah. that, that means that it's run by Funky Town, right? It's not run by the city. It's run by Funky Town. And it goes specifically to, like, Doug's house. And my favorite part about this is that it has zero payoff at all. Like, right. this could have been cut at no loss to fucking anything. Right. Yeah, because it also, shows Also, the trick-or-treating part could have been cut with no one. <laughs> like, this could have been an 11-minute episode. Oh, yeah. Like, Very absolutely. easily. And I think that plays into why we think that this is clearly them pitching it to ABC, right? Mm-hmm. I did read about the transition. Like, on the last season, they were pitching it to, like, every television network. And what they did was, every time they got an offer, they went back to Nickelodeon and were just like, Hey, see this offer? You should pay us more to do it more. And Nick Lohan was like, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're good. We got we got, we got this. <laughs> we have we have Ren and Stimpy and SpongeBob. You you have a, a story about a boring 11 year old. I don't think they have SpongeBob yet. The right. guy who's making well, they have Rocco. Rocco, so yeah. which is the precursor to SpongeBob. Yeah. Right. The guy who's making Rocco's modern life who is going to burn out horribly and his acolytes will make SpongeBob. Right. I mean, I think at the time, uh like there was a big thing with this with like Legend of the Hidden Temple too is that at the time Nickelodeon had a policy in place that was they only do a certain amount of seasons, no matter how popular something is. They're just like, eh, let's cancel it. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, well, that same thing happens with Netflix. You yeah. can't, it's almost impossible to get more than two seasons on Netflix yeah. just because uh, they did the, the algorithm says that exactly. two seasons is as much as people are willing to pay attention to. Exactly. And I think in Nickelodeon. It's dumber than that. I got to chime in here because <laughs> as your big data boy. The thing, reason why it's two seasons is two seasons is enough to get people to not remember to turn off their Netflix subscription mm. 
after they bought it to watch the show they wanted. Yeah, good point. And also it's like, you know, then they'll be hoping that there comes more or they'll be like, ooh, I have to keep my subscription longer because they might bring out more later, right? Yep. Something like that. It's yeah, just and- complete. You can get a second season on Netflix easy as hell. You cannot get a third season unless you track down Jeff Netflix and threaten to kill his son. <laughs> right. And and I think in this case, that's how it worked for four seasons with Nickelodeon, because that's what they that's exactly what they did with Legends of the Hidden Temple is that yeah. that, that show was blowing up like crazy. It was one of the most popular shows on the network. Mm. And they were like, eh, let's cancel it. <laughs> Same with Guts. Basically, every every like game show that they did only ran for like a couple of seasons. Right. But they did the reruns and. Like, since there wasn't easy access to information back then, like, right. everyone could live off the reruns for, like, years. Exactly. Now, there's a reason why we grew up, well, I didn't, but why my little sister could watch all those episodes of Doug in the uh, <laughs> grade school auditorium oh, d- no. while waiting for the bus. Because <laughs> just doing constant fucking barfing of... The reruns over and over again because, hey, we don't got to pay for more episodes and we already own the backlog. And also, that's why nowadays you have to make new ones. But back then, the nostalgia cycle would be just play the old ones again because no one has access to everything. Yep. Fun little fact. Uh, During the acquisition of Doug to Disney, Disney was just like, oh, yeah, Nick, you can play the old episodes. We don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We don't give a solitary fuck. (laughs) Incredible. Well, just like that, just like uh, uh, Nickelodeon slamming the door on Doug's face, uh, the the bus also just fucking slams the door in their face. Like, Skeeter is trying to get on the bus, Doug hesitates for a fraction of a second, and they slam the door in his face without looking at him or speaking to him and then drive off. Based on my interactions with public transit in Los Angeles, that's very accurate. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You don't want to let this guy dressed as a rocket ship and under uh, the under the bus. If you like look away from the door of a bus or a train, they will immediately slam it on you. <laughs> fair, fair. And this is good and proper. Fair. <laughs> we have we have a timetable. <laughs> well, immediately after this, uh, Patty and her dad drive up to Doug and Skeeter and Patty's dressed as a tiger and she's like, hey, I'm going to Miss Mimi's house, the ballet teacher, for a party that she's throwing. Now, don't bother inviting Doug. (laughs) Who is in the ballet, yeah. And don't bother inviting Connie, who is just giving out candy, right. Or Skeeter, who's your friend. Uh Uh-huh. Well, no, because she's going alone. And they say that Doug, like... He goes into a fantasy of this, like, thinking about saving Patty from the scary house, right? He imagines just, like, walking into the house with Patty, like, like, hiding behind him and saying, beat it. And then a bunch of ghosts and Frankensteins and, like, a random kid run out of the house. I'll handle this. Beat it. Extremely necessary. (laughs) Extremely necessary. And then they're just like, Doug is like, oh yeah, so we're gonna definitely go to Bloodstone Manor because we're brave and cool. Patty's dad drive me there. (laughs) Yeah. They're just like 
Chad, drive us there. And then they don't wait for a response and then get in the front door passenger side. So they sit on Patty's lap. <laughs> hey, the Chad, the Chad personal Uber driver <laughs> versus the the Virgin Public Transit. Yeah, and they don't wait for a yes or no. They just get right in after demanding to be taken to Funky Town and sit on Patty's lap. Yeah, the CEO of Uber saw this and was like, what if I could do this and lose millions of dollars per year? <laughs> yes, what if I can base my business model off of one episode of Doug? That's what happened. <laughs> Sounds good. Happened. Sounds good. Oh, man. Well, they, they get to the park and... Chad starts like talking shit. He like says that there were two workers who died during testing and then laughs at Doug and Skeeter. Ha ha! Ha ha! You're gonna die, idiot. Now pay me. <laughs> I broke my legs on this ride. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, they, they go into the park and it is just like the park is full of babies, right? Like there's a ton of little kids running around. And then they get to a giant line out the front of the mansion. And it is now like 8.30. So remember this too. This means it took 30 minutes to get from Doug's Uh neighborhood to Funky Town in the car. Okay? That's not insane. It's a 30-minute drive out of the way. It's a 30-minute drive out of the way, right? Uh, Jesus Christ. You're in suburbia. It's impossible to get anywhere in less than 30 minutes. Sure, but still remember that. I think it's important to remember that for later in the episode. So we get there and we see that a bunch of people are dressed up in costume, one of which is that globehead guy who was dressed up uh, for, what was it, like one of BB's costume parties? It's the uh-huh. dude with a globe on his head. <laughs> it's uh, representative of the globalists. Of course. Uh and th- that means Google that- InfoWars. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's only like 10% of the town is here, right? Like, if if this is a town of 20,000 people, and they're like lined up throughout the whole fucking park to get there, it's like 10% of the town. Mm-hmm. And they wait in line for an hour and 15 minutes, and there are also like literal babies in front of Doug. And then once they get to the front of the line, the globe head is now behind them, which means that they got in front of him. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the park closes when they're up next, and the line immediately evaporates. Everyone else disappears. Yeah, they they do one frame change, and the entire line is gone. (laughs) Well, admittedly, it is like, okay, it's been an hour and a half or some shit like that. But they just all disappear. They disappear immediately because they sh- they show Doug in front of the line. There's a bunch of people behind him. The guy says we're closed. At, like as as they look in the front of the uh, the mansion, then they go back to Doug one frame later, and it's everyone's gone except for Doug Skeeter and now Roger, I guess, just showed up too. I do appreciate that the guy who's walking them into the last people into the uh, haunted mansion sounds the most bored as possible to sound. Oh, yeah. He's just like, fuck this. We're closing. The, the park closes in 15 minutes. Get out of here. I'm not getting paid enough for this. And just yeah, leave. I'm getting paid minimum wage in the suburbs of Richmond, Virginia during the 1990s. 
I am closing this early and God himself could not make me keep this open a second longer. It right. is Halloween. I have dealt with drunk 15-year-olds this entire <laughs> night. The time is done. Overtime. Yeah. Attention, everybody. The park is now closing. What? Hey, we still got 15 minutes. Why don't you go to the gift shop? I'm out of here. And there's also a guy, there's two people that are running this station, right? There's the guy who lets people into the mansion, and there's the guy who, like, mans the gate to, like, let people in and out. And both of them just immediately disappear. Both of them just evaporate, right? (laughs) Based on what happens next, it shows that Doug has no functional knowledge of how rides work. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because they evaporate... And then Rodder's like, hey, let's just go in. Let's just go into the room, into the mansion, into the ride, right? But the uh, ride is still working? Like, Well, yeah, well, there's a demon inside, Mike. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you're really kind of burying the lead on here. Once we get to the ride part, we can discuss this. But the first thing that happens as they enter is they encounter a literal goddamn demon. <laughs> as in... A painting comes to life, and a man steps out of it to viciously taunt them. Uh Uh-huh, and then to close the walls in on them. Welcome. I have a special treat in store for trespassers. (laughs) As you can see, there's no way out of this room except straight down. Even though there's a fucking door right behind them, he's like, there's no exits. Well, the door does close. I guess. Ooh, spooky. I guess. Uh, Famously, doors are known as exits. (laughs) Yes. Which you can open, which is the (laughs) point of a door. (laughs) Famously, doors open and close. I love that. (laughs) I'm not sure. There's a Google closed door theory. (laughs) Of course. Well, the walls start to come in, and the hooded guy is like, ha, 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 and everybody- I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody gets scared, except for Doug, because he realizes, oh boy, it's just a trick mirror floor. Somehow. Well, he, it's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's like a pit in front of them, right? Yeah. And the, it's, it, it's like a, uh, a trap where the, the walls close in on them and they have to go into the pit. And then he steps on the quote unquote pit and, uh, he looks down at the floor, which is clearly made of some translucent material. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Oh, it's mirrors or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Dude, it's this- glass, you dumbass. <laughs> have, have you ever seen glass before? It's a window. <laughs> <laughs> because he does you're right, because he doesn't see a reflection of himself when he steps on it. It's just that it's glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually partially useful material science trivia, you can't do a plane of glass that big. Why just not? The- because the uh, there have been people who have attempted to build that just because they thought it would look cool on a building or some shit. But what happens is when you have a single pane of glass that big, there's some weird harmonic effects and also some weird magnifying effects. So it does two things. First, it starts melting either things outside it or inside it, depending on how you bent the glass. And two... The reason why glass comes in panes with, uh, like, little periodic material barriers is because if you let glass go for long enough with no reinforcement, 
there's like weird ripples that start amplifying themselves and just eventually one day out of nowhere the pane of glass explodes. Fine shit all over my bit. It's clear plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's clear plastic. Fine. It's 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 it, what is it's it? It's not mirrors. It's not a mirror is the point. It is not mirrors. I yeah. just wanted to stress this because the story of yes, rich people have tried that and the result is shrapnel mine is just so cool fine well it's clear plastic person actually which has left no dirt on it at all from all of the children who've tromped all over it all goddamn night the only thing on it is dale's piss <laughs> well why do you think there's a guy right in the front door his and why he's so pissed is because his job is to mop the glass every time yeah, every God. time that's why it takes so long to move people through somebody has to clean up the glass every fucking time somebody goes through yeah. it with their dirty ass feet. Exactly. That's what it is. Okay. I mean, they've that's... already hired a fucking demon to run this ride. Surely they could hire a cleaning Satan. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's part of it too. Well, once they've realized that it's nothing to be afraid of, the hooded guy beckons them through the fireplace, which opens up into the dining room. And dinner is served, and it's screaming brown lettuce. Uh, That's it. <laughs> all right. Also, this is a ride that's set up for, hey, please sit down in the chairs in front of the horrible haunted food. Yeah. There's exactly the number of chairs that you are, and the chairs will grab you, and... This ride can do three people at a time. Uh-huh. That's why it takes so fucking long to get everyone through it. <laughs> Yeah, because there's exactly three uh, uh, chairs that then dump them down into exactly three slides that then put them into a, like, coffin-shaped roller coaster that goes through a graveyard. And this is what lets us know who the person running this is. Later on, he gives a name, but of course, that name is a lie. Demons cannot be trusted with any names they give you. You must know the proper title they have. The reason why he ultimately listen speaks with Doug is because he recognizes that Doug has been marked by Mr. Scaly, his lord and master, meaning he is not a king of hell. He is a duke of hell, and he is <laughs> okay. a duke of hell with powers over the underworld. That narrows it down considerably. I believe from my research that the hooded guy is the demon Bunier, a duke <laughs> of hell who commands 30 legions whose appearance is of a three-headed dragon, with one head being human. That's why the robe. It's hiding the other two heads. And he has the powers of making devils gather around graves and making one both wise and charismatic. Wait, he doesn't do that to Doug? No, why would he do that to <laughs> Doug? But he does make devils gather around graves. That's oh, his whole deal. Okay. Also, I don't think he sleeps inside an Egyptian coffin traditionally, but... Jim Jenkins can't be expected to know anything about demonology. The coffin that he sleeps in is the only Egyptian thing in the entire building. This is so... I think you guys are really jumping ahead for when to talk about this guy, but... but, but I think it's important we as we go... We have to talk about the demon. Yes, As we, we go through the demon's own personal terrifying hellscape of a bunch of ghosts going all up and down woo a bunch of demons flying around the moon just looking all majora's mask gigantic evil grinning in the sky like i feel like there's not much to say about the coffin ride aside for it's a coffin ride hooray for it 
but this does let us know what Bounier likes out of his environment. Fair, I see. Also would like to note that this would be an insanely dangerous ride, oh, given yeah. the length of the slide that they have to go down that drops them in the coffin. This would kill so many children. Especially because yes. it drops them directly into, I hope there's a ride, a, a cart there that has cushioning, I hope. Right, they have to time it exactly perfectly, which is the the perfect task for 15-year-olds at minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. I recite from the uh, Lesser Key of Solomon, Bounier changes the place of the dead and makes them demons that are under his power to gather together upon these sepulchres. He okay. changes the place of the dead, almost as if he moves them in a coffin-shaped roller coaster. Oh. And then he moves, he, that's why they're in, later this dude is in the Egyptian sarcophagus, is because he changed the place of the dead, he put him in a different type of tomb, right? Yes, yes, this Fair. is, we can successfully determine this is the 11th demon in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Okay, but real quick, real quick, uh, just in case people haven't been listening to the full lore of the funny papers, uh, Mr. Scaly, who Jim was referring to, uh, was the snake that Doug met in the forest in the Boy Scouts episode that we postulated is definitely the devil who Doug, Satan. yeah, Satan, yeah, straight, straight up, up Satan. The adversary. Who Doug made friends with and uh, entered into some kind of contract with. Asmodeus, if you're following the Lesser Key of Solomon. In Gnosticism, he is the creator of this cursed world. <laughs> right. So uh, that, he, while Scaly does not show up in this episode per se, his influence definitely is present, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Good. He's the, <laughs> he looks, he has the same skin color as Mr. Scaly. The demon this, does? Uh, this Hecklehoff or whatever his name is. Right, right. Fair. Do not use his false name. This is one of the ways in which demons trap you. <laughs> oh God! Refer to him as Bounier. Otherwise, he will be. You will be condemned to be drafted into the skeleton war at his command. Hellhoff, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, I will sell my soul for a hundred dollars. Jesus Christ, Sam! Be careful. <laughs> at least negotiate uh, what, what? yourself. There's like eight other dukes of hell you can talk with, man. I know, negotiate but I'm, up. I'm white. What, what could possibly happen? What I'm saying is there might be someone who works for Disney with that last name who hears that and then takes you. <laughs> I will sell the rights to the show for $100. You don't have it because I have all the passwords. <laughs> <laughs> I have already hacked your account. Okay. <laughs> Sam, if a lion with the head of a man walks up to you and says in Mickey Mouse voice, I've come to deal, haha. Sold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well. <laughs> so they're riding around in this fucking sick roller coaster, and Roger looks like he's scared, but the dog and Skeeter love it. They're having great fun now. And then suddenly it jerks to a halt and the lights turn on, which means it's 10 o'clock on the dot and the park is closing right now. <laughs> this took 15 minutes. <laughs> Do you know how fucking long rides usually are? Uh -huh. They're like 90 seconds tops. <laughs> Well, they had to solve the puzzle of the... the, the, the Sitting down in the right chair? Yeah. <laughs> and then having the lettuce yell at him. Mm-hmm. And then solve the puzzle of figuring out that they can walk on the plastic. <laughs> <sighs> uh-huh. 
Well, uh, Doug and Skeeter, they, they, they move over and they see that there is a stairs leading down into a grave. And Doug and Skeeter are like, we gotta find someone to turn this ride back on. Get him to work some overtime. Yeah, good luck with that, kid. What the fuck? <laughs> Go home! No, we we deserve, we have earned the right by coming here for free to, to go past closing time. We're getting out of here, Roger. We'll find somebody to get this ride going again. And so, okay, they those two leave Roger and they walk, okay, they walk down some stairs underground. They're already underground right now and they walk downstairs to go underground more and then the next scene is them back overground. <laughs> like they're back on the grass again, but they found their way out of the out of the ride. They leave Roger behind because Roger is terrified. And then Skeeter finds a phone that has number that has buttons on it. And once again, the phone has the wrong number of buttons on it. I think that is intentional. Like, it's not actually a phone. It's like some sort of weird command console for the... uh, True. Roller coaster. You're right. As we see, because as Skeeter attempts to dial a number on the too-many-digit thing, it sets off the roller coaster somehow. He tries to dial 911, but he hits the button where 9 is supposed to be, and it starts the roller coaster. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've selected start roller coaster, self-destruct, (laughs) self-destruct. Yeah. Release the demon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. One, you don't know what it is, is 9 is release the demon, 1 is confirm, and then 2, and then after that it says, are you definitely sure you want to confirm? And then he hits 1 again. (laughs) (laughs) and that's why the ride starts up again right normally you would have to enter like a cut some kind of complex sequence to start everything at once but since he releases the demon from because the demon was previously confined to like the portraits that he would talk to doug and skeeter from but by releasing the demon by pressing 911 uh now the ride fully functions right because it's imbued with the magic of said demon right yes why do they even have workers when you have a demon? <laughs> yeah, Bounier's dread will now animates all of this. Like, Skeeter has just damned all of Funky Town <laughs> yeah. to serve in Bounier's legions, which is probably not ideal. <laughs> damned all of Funky Town. <laughs> Love that. Won't you take me to Funky Town, fight an eternal war against heaven? Well, the the ride starts up again, and a car a cart arrives to the front, and oh no, it's just Roger's shoes now. Just like the story that Patty's dad talked about, how only the shoes of the workers who died came back. And Roger is screaming from somewhere, screaming help, and they start to run, but Doug is like, no, we have to save Roger. And so they just sort of like wander throughout the ride for however long who knows how long 15 20 30 minutes who knows six days 10 years (laughs) because they're like finding their ways into like back rooms and stuff they're finding their way into like the face of the moon right they find yourself into the control chamber in the deep underground with its control sarcophagus yeah because they just drop through like a bottomless pit they, Doug is like, it's another mirror trick, check it out, and then falls into a bottomless pit where it's a control chamber. And it's full of levers and pistons and, like, boxes of body parts and pistons that look like skeletons. 
And then they they open a sarcophagus that we've been talking about, and inside they find the hooded dude who grabs Doug, the absolute demon. He lives here. I want to stress, up until this point, you might have thought that we were, like, doing this as a bit. No, seriously. They find a sarcophagus with the dude who they saw at the start of this, and he's actually in there, and Doug (laughs) opens the sarcophagus to start bugging him, saying, hey, can you let us out? What are you doing? our friend and and we think he might be here in your lovely home your friend is not here get out and at no point they're just like hey do you like sleep in that casket (laughs) yeah yeah that would be my first question is like uh what are you doing in there like we find okay so there's like a little bit where doug is like oh no i can't be scared because they try to run away and he's like race canyon wouldn't be scared and they go back and they demand from the demon to be shown where roger is right and we find so we find out through this that the sarcophagus holds a secret passageway to another like bat cave area to a but, double command chamber. But it's but that's not what Doug opens the sarcophagus into. They they open it to just straight up like a one blank wall inside of a tomb with this dude in there, right? Yep. He's been in there for who knows how long. And not to mention when they finally go behind into the weird bat cave double command center, the weird Batcave Double Command Center has cameras all over the town. Yeah. Yeah, or at least all over uh, the, the... At least all over Funky Town. Yep, all over Funky Town. It's got cameras through everywhere. And, like, okay, I think it's important that Doug demands to go back. Because this is the one time when Doug, like, summons some bit of will into him. And whether, like, whether that is... Uh, either binding the demon to his will or unwillingly uh, submitting himself to the demon's will, I think that this is where the contract is made, right? Bounier is explicitly called out as giving true answers to men's demands and also richness. This is in character. Oh, shit. Wait, did they have to, like, make a contract or something? Or is it just, you give me shit? No, he gives true answers to your demands and also richness. The problem is that as a demon, the true answer he gives you may or may not be the entire truth, but he's not going to openly lie to you. Oh, so that's why they botched the moral so hard at the end, right? Yeah, Bounier guides you in a direction that will lead you to joining his army of demons forged of the dead once all is said and done, but he will not openly lie interesting okay so we should keep that in mind with how this the the future works here because yeah that actually explains how the ending functions okay it is also explicitly called out that his voice kicks ass so that also tracks that tracks too here because this dude's voice kicks ass (laughs) yes why exactly whoever runs funky town has hired one of the (laughs) grand dukes of hell to run his fucking amusement park no man can say but the evidence is just all there, man. It's true. I, 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 I was doubting you for a little bit, but now I totally believe you. If you want to look this up, it's B-U-N apostrophe, well, apostrophe E, E with accent mark. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, that does mean this Grand Duke of Hell's name is Bunny. Shut up. Amazing. Excuse me, sir. We're not leaving without Roger. This way. They see... 
through all these security cameras that this demon has set throughout Funky Town, they see that Roger has been fooling him the whole time. He, he, he pretended to be in trouble, and now he's brought his goons in to cream Doug and Skeeter when they find him, they say. <sighs> yeah, this they is a very complicated and bad plan. Yeah, how, like, at what point was Roger just like, I know what I'm going to do is I'm going to somehow contact my friends in the pre-cell phone era and say, hey, we're going to prank Doug, but we have to wait until this ride's over. And also, wait, now that now that you've mentioned that, so they weren't at Funky Town, right? No. And so, nope. did, so he got them to drive 30 minutes to Funky Town and get in after it closed uh-huh. <laughs> in order to prank Doug. Uh-huh. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Nobody has anything better to do with their time. I guess not. <laughs> and I guess, wait. Again, uh, Ned, coma logic. And Ned isn't here anymore. So maybe Ned was like, fuck that. I ain't doing that. So Willie and Boomer were the only ones who showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and Doug gets pissed at seeing this. He's like, that weasel, that rat. <laughs> I tried to save him. And the hooded guy is just laughing maniacally this whole time. What a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I get my kicks these days. The 90s are a dark time for hell. I love bullying children. (laughs) (laughs) But not Doug. He's cool. (laughs) One day you, my son, you shall enter into a conjunction with a greater power. Right. The mouse with the body of a lion. God. You'll have a kid sister named Dirt Bike for no apparent reason. Yes! I can already feel the power already, demon. Dirt Bike is my daughter. <laughs> I fucked your mom! Oh my god. Call me Race Canyon, demon. <laughs> you can call me dad now. Oh my god. Phil was okay with it. Phil jacked off into his hand. Anyway, so so the the demon has the idea to videotape Doug and Skeeter in cloaks and stuff and project astral project Doug and Skeeter's heads over the bullies as ghosts. I don't know if this falls under wise, but this does fall into making men eloquent. Their tongues are speaking <laughs> in ways that one would not expect them to. They do, because, and I think that is actually, come to think of it, that's actually shown. Because Doug is saying that, like, they're bad and whatnot, like, that the bullies are bad. And Skeeter actually doesn't know what he's saying when he says this. Because specifically, he says, It was me. Look what you did to us, Roger! What the? You're you're ghosts, that's what. And now we're going to have to haunt you forever. I guess. And so that I guess is him being like, wait, what did I just say? Am I saying something eloquent? I think that's what that is. All right, right? wait, wait. Am I, have I entered into a pact with a greater lord of hell to do his bidding just to piss off a high school enemy? Cool, Ooh, man. Just to piss off himself, remember? Yes. Roger and Skeeter are the same person. And so Skeeter, in his infinite wisdom in this half, made a contract with the demon in order to maybe to separate himself, huh? Yes. To To be an own individual. He's attempting to invoke another hellish power to uh, separate the two of them because Skeeter has his own plan separate from the Roger mind. 
So do you think that after this, somewhere, we don't know where this falls in the canon, but after this, are they no longer the same person? It may well be the case. This could be the moment of separation, not least because, I mean... There's going to be, there's a moment where you could convincing an argument that Doug and Skeeter both fucking die at the end of this. And come to think of that, in the Disney canon, I think it is, they're demonstrably different people. Because Roger, like, hits the fucking lottery and is totally a different character than Skeeter at that point. So maybe... Yes, he's rich in the Disney one. So, so maybe here, we don't know where this happens in the canon again, but this is the point of separation that will, again, we're saying that it feeds into them selling it to Disney. This is the point where the two characters separate between shows. Right? I think. Maybe. Yeah, we have a compelling reason to believe that this is a moment of change. Also, okay. we have the alternate version that none of this happened. But. Of course. But it's it's something to think about, I think. It's something to add to the possibilities list. Doug is not only in a coma, but he also has a fever. Classic. Two great tastes that taste great <laughs> together. Uh, well. <laughs> Well, Doug is, like, calling these guys chicken in his while being a ghost, and he tells them, like, Roger says, don't haunt me, I'll do anything. And Doug tells him to clean up all the houses that they teepeed tonight. Why? (laughs) Yeah. And remember, just wielding petty power over somebody out of fear. And, and remember specifically that when Doug was asked to TP Bones' place, it wasn't that he thought it was bad. It was that he wasn't brave enough to do it. That, yep. that real he race no canyon. moral objection to it. Right. Nope. He wasn't saying it was bad. He was just saying, I'm not brave like Race Canyon, so I can't do it. Right? So yep. I, who knows why he's doing this now? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Doesn't make any you don't, sense. You don't have to have that callback. Yeah, this is a complete... You just say, I'm gonna haunt you forever, you little... You little worm. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is just a... Comp- this is the first of several mini-whiffs of the moral. Because the moral of actually maybe pranking people is bad. You're literally pranking somebody right now, Doug. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> pranking in a way that causes property damage is bad? Not only are you pranking someone, you're doing it with demonic help. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe it's that revenge pranks are okay, which is something that we've seen before in the in the You can only prank the pranksters. But TPing Mr. Bone's house constitutes a revenge prank, but Mr. Bone is the guy whose silly and pointless rules inflict pointless vengeance upon them repeatedly. But Mr. By Bone that is- law, this would make perfect sense. But Mr. Bone is the authority, and you're not allowed and to And Roger's the authority. authority over Doug. He's more powerful than him and also is a source of sexual desire. This hmm. is utterly muddled. Hmm. Well, I mean, we have seen in the past, though, that a moral of revenge is okay is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, revenge is fine when it's Doug. Yeah, yeah. If there it's it anyone is. else, they aren't allowed to take vengeance. See, Larry. But- there. This is just a complete self-centered, like, again, like, that actually kind of ties in. Like, this is a downright uh, good-for-hell moral of (laughs) only the self matters. Enter into contracts with more powerful entities to gain dominion, so long as you recall the true master of all is Mr. Scaly. Yeah. All right, fair, fine. Damn, a good-hell moral. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hail Satan. Hail well, Satan. Well, the uh uh they they chase the bullies out 
And then the next scene is Doug and Skeeter giggling and walking with the hooded demon as they leave the empty park. So it must be like 11 or 11.30 at this point, right? Gee, Mr. Balfagor, why does the ground weep blood where you walk? <laughs> why is no one here anymore? Why, why are the gates open? <laughs> why are the skies filled with crows with the voices of men? <laughs> why are they doing a podcast about us? Well, just to demonstrate more bits of demonic power, the demon says that he has something that might belong to Doug. And he hands him the raced canyon hat that he lost earlier. He gives true answer to demands and also richness. Behold, I offer you a gift, child. Behold, you can cosplay once again. (laughs) Indeed. I have something that may belong to you. A race canyon hat. My race canyon hat. But where did you... How did you... Uh, Yeah, we did forget to mention that Doug lost the hat earlier, but whatever, who cares? It doesn't doesn't matter at any point, and Doug wasn't broken up about it for even a second. No, he was, like, actually fine with it because he didn't feel... felt like he deserved it. (laughs) Congratulations, Doug. A great lord of hell has proclaimed you worthy of power. And so they finally, based on that, they finally think to ask him, they're like, wait a minute... Who are you <laughs> to the guy? I'm Bob Johnson in accounting. And the guy says, Just call me Baron Von Heckelhoff. And then giggles and spins around in a circle and disappears. As he swirls around in a circle, a tear in space occurs. He is a mass of stars and wind. <laughs> uh-huh. And I this think is explicitly supernatural. And I think it's a, it's especially important here. We've been talking a lot about uh, the connections with Mr. Scaly. We've been talking a lot about the connections with uh, the supernatural. I think it's very important here that the gift that the that the demon gives Doug is a hat. Because remember, Mr. Scaly hid underneath Doug's hat when they were in the forest. And remember that Doug had the magic hat that was blessed by a wizard or a warlock or some kind, right? Yes. And so I think... In the like magecraft mythology of this universe, I think hats are very important. Yeah, recall, hats- Doug wore a serpent as a crown to gain dominion over Roger the first time. Bunier has offered Doug the hat of Race Canyon as a signifier of their pact, and that when inevitably Doug is sent to Bunier's dominion upon death. He shall be some minor lordling in his entourage. Right. I think it's a very important symbol that it's the hat specifically because of the connection with Scaly, right? Gentlemen, I think we have schizophrenia. <laughs> hey, we know that. But like, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really important. It's a damn shame I couldn't find a way to make this actually Agares because Agares is the demon who's blessed Doug as a general rule. His power is to make runaways come back and those who stand still run and finds pleasure in teaching bad morals, and has the power to destroy dignity. 
Oh my Jim, God. stop reading about demons. <laughs> yeah. I will never stop reading about demons. You have this as my solemn vow. Oh my Just God. sell your soul for hundred dollars, <laughs> like me, a it's, cool guy. It's easy. <laughs> Most of them don't even take U.S. dollars. They only take Bitcoin. This podcast is sponsored by the Lords of Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Elon Musk on SNL. <laughs> It's great and good and fantastic. This message brought to you by Agares. Well, uh, speaking of bad morals, uh, Doug says, I think the what he thinks the moral is. Tonight, I think I did race Canyon proud. Not only was I brave enough to cross the threshold of death, but I even went back to save Roger. I wonder if race Canyon ever had to run all the way home. They run home from the theme park yeah. because the demon evaporates in front of them and they they uh, understandably piss their pants and run away. And remember when I was like, it's a 30 minute drive to get here? <laughs> they run yeah, all they the- were walking until 8 a.m. 8 in the morning. Uh-huh. They run home at midnight. <laughs> Chased God. by the hounds of hell. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to the end of the episode. <laughs> A jumbo-packed episode full of extremely unnecessary filler. This entire episode is so fucking weird, and what the fuck was the moral supposed to be? Uh, this is the only one that's been explicitly supernatural, too. What about the hat? It's supposed to be a coming-of-age story. What about the hat one? That was international. That was uh, supernatural. The hat one was mild. Like the hat one, theoretically, that could have all been coincidence, even yeah. if it was vanishingly unlikely. This one, there's a dude who transforms into stars and wind. Wait, what about he the lives what about the handcuffs? Pharaoh tomb. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what about the handcuffs that exploded into confetti and shit? That was just that a was dumb magic trick. Oh, that was how yeah. they were designed to do. There's a special trick in Oh, You've right. You've got to come first. Oh, my God. Okay, so I guess the moral of this one is make a pact with a demon? Like, the moral of this one <laughs> is supposed to be face your fears, yeah. that's good, but also doing pranks is bad unless doing pranks is good. Yeah. And also in the process... Hell is real, and its lords are cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go with that. I think I think those are the both intended and accident morals that come out of this. I think the moral is, please buy us, Senpai Iger. <laughs> yeah, because knowing what I know about the time frame and that this is the tail end of the satanic panic, but this is <laughs> an explicitly satanic moral uh-huh. like of the things that a good christian boy was terrified of to 1992 this is it this is explicitly what they're all terrified of they are <laughs> yeah. petrified that the people making popular entertainment are going to tell their children that yes magic is real it is practiced by those who seek to corrupt the youth and it's totally badass Right. And and normally, like in a regular cartoon where magic is more commonplace, this wouldn't be as jarring. But in a cartoon that's so aggressively normal as Doug, it, it makes it very strange, right? Yeah, this. Yep. And normally you'd have the, oh, no, it's just a misunderstanding. We're actually perfectly fine people. No, this guy is presented at all stances as somebody who delights in the suffering of children. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, because he's like doing thumbs up to Doug and Skeeter when they're taping the ghost scene. <laughs> and he's enjoying the hell out of it as he is tormenting them as they wander into his domain where he's sleeping in a fucking coffin. <laughs> well. <laughs> in conclusion, right. hail Satan, everyone. I guess so. All right. Excuse me, I meant to say, buy me, please, Senpai Eisner. Of course. Good point. Yeah, Iger's not in power yet. You have to keep the timeline straight. Correct. Eisner bought Doug, and then they, he immediately resigned from the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> For that reason. <laughs> Agaris is well, wise. Agaris is Literally, the Doug movie came out, and then he resigned. <laughs> I regret my decisions. I have done terrible things. Please don't ever look at anything I did. Oh. Uh. Well, <laughs> let's call this one here then. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another very special episode of The Funny Papers. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I'm willing to negotiate down to $50. Yogshagoth is the key in the gate. <laughs>